as my grandma's eyes started to focus a bit more because it was in the middle of the night, she seemed to see that it looked like a fisherman. I haven't told this one to the girls either, so it's actually an exclusive. Ooh, so oh, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. It's not my story, but it's one of my, uh, it was about, it was my grandma and granddad that told me this. Um, and it's like a, a family ghost story. So you're very privileged to hear this. <laughs> no, I'm not sure. It's, um, it was, um, so I've been told this story quite a few times, but the last time it was told to me was a long, long time ago. So I really hope I've got most of the details correct. I did do a quick fact check with um our um with our little family group, our family group chat. And uh yeah, they think that I've got it around about right. So here we go. So this is a ghost story that my grandma and granddad used to tell us. So, like I said, I might not have remembered everything right. Uh, so, my grandma and granddad were very hardworking people. They owned a fish and chip shop in the north of England. And like many people, when they're not working, they love to go on holiday. So, one of the places that, li- that they loved to go was Jersey. So, the British island, not New, New Jersey. Um, they usually stayed in the same hotel, but this time the hotel that they usually stayed at was all booked, so they had to book into a different hotel. So they get to their room, put their bags down, and then they go back out to the beach for the day, and they didn't get back into the hotel until after dinner time. So that night, my grandma woke up, and she looked down the bottom of the bed, and down the bottom of the bed was where the door was to go into the ensuite bathroom. And the door was half open. Nope. And what she could see was a figure standing in the bathroom. Don't like this. The thing... <laughs> the figure had its back to my grandma and it was like standing over the sink looking in the mirror. And as my grandma's eyes started to focus a bit more because it was in the middle of the night, she seemed to see that it looked like a fisherman, like soaking wet in the bathroom. God, this is making me feel sick. And then, <laughs> and then the fisherman kind of stepped to the side, out of sight, like behind the door. And then my grandma didn't hear anything else. It was just as if he disappeared. So as you can imagine, my grandma was bricking it. She didn't move. She couldn't get back to sleep. The few nudges that she gave my granddad hadn't woke him up. So she was basically laid there until it got light. The next day, she told my granddad as he woke up, she was like elbowing him going, Ernest, Ernest, something was in our room last night. And my granddad being also a Yorkshireman, thought, nah, you've imagined it. Dreaming wasn't real dismissed so he grumbled and got out of bed and went into the bathroom 
And then he nearly slipped because the floor, the floor was soaking wet. Stop it. Don't like it. As if a fisherman had been stood in the bathroom dripping everywhere. But, you know, it could have been many things. Could have been a burst pipe. We don't know. I they, think we do. I, I, so, think, I think they would have noticed a burst pipe. Well, not a burst pipe, but like a leaky sink, something like that. Probably not as dramatic as a burst pipe. Was there a distinctive smell of fish in the air? It didn't. That wasn't mentioned in any of the stories. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what I do in that situation. I'd probably do exactly the same, just lay still as possible. Yeah, just you make know. it go it's away. It's all you can do, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. I think I, I haven't actually seen it. Like with my eyes, I haven't. I've heard things and experienced things, but I haven't seen anything visually. And as much as like, oh, it'd be so cool, it'd be so cool to see a ghost. I think oh, I'd absolutely brick it if I did come face it to face. It would not be cool. Although we do a podcast about it, and we're fascinated by it. But it's are great. we fascinated or are we terrified? Well, you're there to be terrified. <laughs> yeah, I'm, fa- I'm fascinated, but also I'm fascinated when it happens to other people. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hear their experience. I'd rather hear someone else's story. That's why our podcast is called Your Ghost. Story. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. So was was that kind of? Uh, it's not finished. Oh, amazing. There's more. Oh my God. There's Becky, more. Go on. Right, and it's not nearly finished, but it's not quite there. So uh, I've lost myself. Um, so just a quick question. So was was this anywhere near the coast or anything? Yeah, it was. It was in Jersey. So it's um, most of the hotels there are opposite the sea. Is it quite a big kind of fishing area? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's only a tiny island. Um, it's just off the coast of France, isn't it, Jersey? So it's only a uh, teeny tiny. So it's most of it is coastal. <laughs> it's only a tiny little island. Um, so, yeah, that's where they were staying in one of the hotels, like opposite the beach. And um, this is the day. So my granddad goes into the bathroom, nearly falls over because the floor was wet. So he was like, right, come on then. Let's get dressed. Let's go out and have our holiday fun. So they went downstairs. Granddad complained to reception that the floor was wet <laughs> and for someone to go and have a look while they were out. So they went and spent the day walking around the market towns, going to the beach, you know, holiday stuff. Grandma tried to make the most of her day, but she couldn't really shake the feeling that she had when she saw that fisherman stood in the bathroom, I suppose. It's not something that you get over really quickly. No, it's not just like, okay, move on. Yeah, and also she was kind of dreading going to sleep that night. Yeah, no shit. Wouldn't (laughs) you? No shit. And my granddad being so helpful. (laughs) But anyway, that night, grandma managed to get to sleep a lot better than she thought. But this time, it was my granddad's turn (gasps) to see something strange. Dun, 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 dun. So around (laughs) four or five in the morning. I think we need to remember we're on somebody else's podcast, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So around four or five in the morning, my granddad woke up and he kind of jumped back while he was waking up because there was a fucking fisherman stood at the bottom of the bed. Oh, God, no. Don't. And as he was kind of frozen in fear, so we don't know if this was sleep paralysis. It could be that. He couldn't move. And then this fisherman started walking closer no, and closer I to don't the bed. Like it. And he eventually sat down at the bottom of the bed and then disappeared. Did he have his rod out? 
<laughs> he, <laughs> he was oh, just making I'm everything sad. wet. <laughs> 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 it's not this it's not that type of story okay <laughs> some dirty old fisherman gagging for a freezer <laughs> yeah <laughs> these are my oh. grandparents yeah, how do you think you you came to be becky they must have had sex at one point <laughs> shut up <laughs> so but my granddad wouldn't just lie there and not say anything for the rest of the night. He woke my grandma up. <laughs> he woke my grandma up and he was like, Beryl, we're leaving. Get your stuff. So they started packing up all their things at like four or five in the morning. And the minute it hit 6 a.m., they went down to reception and was like, we're leaving. The reception was like, okay, but you've got two more nights here. And they said, no, we need to go. So they went back upstairs to the bedroom to get all their stuff. And that's when grandma was like, why is the bottom of the bed wet? Oh, where no, where the fisherman had been sat, it was absolutely soaking wet, as if someone had, that had been fishing all day had sat at the bottom of the bed. Again, they didn't comment on whether there was an odor <laughs> or not, <laughs> but but there we are. So Grandad was like, "Nah, fuck this, go." So yeah, that's it. That's and then they came home early. <laughs> I feel really sorry for your grandparents to have to go through that. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, if you knew them, though, they just weren't the type of people that would just randomly make up a ghost story. And I don't know, especially my granddad, he just wasn't into all that at all. But he was the one that was like, nope, we're leaving. And I don't think they could. The weird thing is, is they went back to Jersey because they used to go back every year and they couldn't find that hotel again. What? That's a plot twist, Ooh, isn't that it? That is creepy. That almost sounds like, yeah, that sounds like mm. a time slip. Yeah, didn't you do a story about a hotel that was a time? That is strange. Yeah. Yeah, that people stayed in and then they wanted to stay in it, in it again and they couldn't find it. Was that in France? Oh, uh, no, no, I can't remember where that was. It was, a... it was in France. I think that was in France, wasn't it? Oh, it yeah, was in it was. France. No, you're you're right. It was in France. A policeman in really old uh, policeman uniform was there as well. I'm I'm sure I know. I'm sure I've, I've heard that story. I think it was strange, but true many years ago. Yes, that's right. That's right. I think it's quite a famous story. Yeah, but time slips are weird as hell. Yeah. So yeah. this could have been one, and the fisherman was like, "What are these people doing yeah. in my bedroom?" <laughs> I'm just going to sit on my bed and wait for them to wake yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What are you doing? Um, yeah, so that's my uh, family ghost story. So, no, that I don't really have another one. <laughs> that's a great story. That is a really great tale. Do you think, um, obviously you said you haven't had any personal experiences yourself, but do you think your grandparents telling you this story has kind of got got you interested into the um, you know haunting world? Yeah, I mean, yes, it has, but it freaks me out. I don't like... Even though I'm on a podcast all about it and I love Emma's stories, when I actually think about it too much, it's just, it just gets too much for me. I think that's why I stick to the true crime part because I don't know why. Because it's because serial killers that can literally just burst into my door right now and stab serial me. Serial killers are so much better. <laughs> <laughs> but um, now I've had a few ghost um, experiences. I could give you one very, very quickly is um oh is it the one i think i is i'm really hoping it's the one i think the one is. in our house 
my old house. That one? It's a, no, it's the one where you both saw something. Oh, that was, um, that was, well, I don't know if that was sleep paralysis though. Yeah, but you wouldn't have both saw it. Oh, tell them because it's terrifying. Yeah, okay. Um, well, when I, um, when I first got together with the father of my children, um, we, um, was, he used to live in this very, very, very old property. It was like an old barn conversion. And um, the first night I ever stayed up over at his house, um, I was just falling to sleep. And then I kind of woke up and there was a dark figure stood at the bottom of the bed, like a silhouette of a person. And I've had sleep paralysis for years. I do get this every now and again. And it's usually the same sort of thing standing over me. Um, and then I kind of jump and think, oh, it's that, and then go back to sleep. Except for this time, um, he was it was called Tristan. Tristan woke up at the same time, and we both saw this sleep paralysis demon at the same time. And I jumped, and he jumped then at the same time. He was like, what the fuck's that? Turned the light on, and disappeared. And it's the first time that anyone else has seen my sleep paralysis demon. And he couldn't get back to sleep. That was it. He was like, oh, my God. And um, the same thing happened years later. Um, my mum wasn't very ill. She um, passed away from uh, from cancer in 2013. And about a month after she passed away, the same thing happened again. I woke up in the middle of the night and saw a figure. But for once, this figure had... It looked like a woman rather than just a silhouette of a man. And as I woke up, the figure kind of moved back like it wasn't ready, didn't think that I was going to wake up. And the same thing, Tristan saw saw the figure again and turned the light on and then it disappeared. And he was so scared that he spoke to his mum about it the next day and he was like, no, I think it was, he thought it was my mum that had come back just to check up on us. But yeah, that's my... Uh, sleep paralysis uh I do but it's not yeah it's not because if you've got sleep paralysis nobody else sees it exactly yeah and Tristan saw it both saw times it twice. So yeah this, mm. this is something there yeah he hated that that's mine really mine usually involve sleep paralysis demons I had um an ex-girlfriend and uh, she had something very similar in um my old bedroom with my parents i didn't experience it i think oh, i don't know where i was i might have been out somewhere but she's gone to bed early and um, she said she we i used to have this little box room and she said she woke up and there was this dark figure standing at the bottom of the bed and she thought it was me and she was like nigel nigel what are you doing get into bed and then she said she stared at it it wasn't moving and then um I used to have a lamp by the side of the bed, but the way you turned it on was like uh, up. the bed was up against the wall and you put your hand down the side and you flick on the plug uh, on the switch. And she'd done that, flick the switch on. As soon as the light came on, she said uh, the light bulb sort of like blew, freaked her out, and this figure was still standing there. And she said she, and she, said she, uh, she, she screamed and uh, she like shot past it to the door. Oh, God, oh God I don't out, like that. You know, and to go into the bathroom. She told me about it and I was just like, well, that's freaky. And my parents always used to tell me that when I was in there asleep, I never experienced anything in that room, but when I was in there asleep, that um, 
my mum would get up to go to the toilet and like our old uh, the sort of house it is it used to have like a pane of glass above the door mm. oh and, yeah uh, i know the houses you mean yeah and um i used to put like uh, like posters over it to try and sort of like uh, get rid of the landing like but um she said there was always a blue glow coming out of my room and she thought i'd slept with uh, the tv on so she'd open my door oh. as soon as she opened oh, my door no. she said it was completely back and she that was makes like, so sick. And she said she just used to see it all the time that she'd do. And I'd be like, what? I didn't leave the TV on. And I'm getting like proper freaked out. But um, Nigel, can we be sure that um, the apparition that your ex girlfriend saw wasn't your dad, Ray the Demon Slayer? <laughs> <laughs> so on one of our last episodes, we spoke about it. But Nigel's dad had a thing. Um, I think it happened more than once where. He'd get naked and go around the house. No, 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 no. He doesn't get naked. <laughs> no, you told me he was... You, you he sleeps me. naked. He sleeps oh, naked. Oh, he doesn't get naked to, to slay the demons. <laughs> <laughs> he chases him with his tongue. Nigel um, just woke up. Go on, you tell it, you tell it. All right, so... Uh, okay, yeah, years ago, um, I was asleep in the box room. And um, next thing I know, my door is just, like, yanked open. And then the light's turned on. And I'm like sat bolt upright what was going on uh, and then standing there is my dad completely naked going oh 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 mm. and then he just walk, <laughs> he walks out of my room goes into my brother's room does exactly the same thing opens the door turns the light on <laughs> and just hear my brother go what the fuck so i've, I've got up and I've, I've like walked into the hallway because he's gone around the house started turning the lights on he's going downstairs turning the lights on and i've got up out of bed and i'm like what the fuck's going on and then my mum's walking out the room going oh he's doing it again he's doing it again and i was like what He's sleepwalking. He, he thinks he's fighting demons and he's running around the house fighting all these demons. I was like, this is the first, like, in the 18 years I've, I've, I was living in that house, this is the first I've heard of his uh, sleep, uh, naked sleepwalking fighting demons. Oh. So that's what your girlfriend said. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't think so. It's, I think she'd have been well, traumatized. No one, no one wants to see their dad naked. naked when you're like 18. You don't want to see your dad walking around naked, do you? It's just not... I was going to say, I bet you were traumatised. <laughs> but was he like thrusting something, killing the demons? Grunting. <laughs> God. <laughs> I, to be honest, all I, all I saw was like literally open the door, turn the light on, stand in there and sort of like look in the room and sort of just go... So was, and then just turn around. So he was the ogre <laughs> from Harry Potter. But uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, bless you. oh, my da- I think it was my uncle used to do that, but it was trying to find the toilet. He used to try and find the toilet. And uh, sometimes when he was younger, apparently he used to like wee in the cupboard and stuff because he couldn't find the toilet. Oh, no. Yeah. And I remember when um, we went on holiday, like as a big family, and... Uh, in the morning, I heard my mum screaming from in her bedroom, which was next to mine. And I went running in and my uncle was like stood over my dad and my mum ready to wee on them because he was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, <laughs> some weird kink in your family. My mum... Oh, it was funny. So my dad had to like tackle his brother... <laughs> His naked brother, whilst also being naked. <laughs> and I just ran away and was like, naked. Oh. <laughs> And I had broken my foot, so it took effort to run into the next bedroom. So I had to sort of like hobble and dive onto my bed and retrieve my crutches. So, yeah, it was a big thing. It should have been filmed. That would have oh, made no. great comedy, that was. <laughs> there we are. That's not scary, but horrible. 
do they talk about it to each other? Oh, no, it's, it's <laughs> it usually the, the same funny stories usually come up in conversation. So that being one of them. Amazing. All right. So I think we've got um, Tash finally to tell us some spooky stories of her own. Let's get straight in. Um, so I've got one that nobody has heard before. So when I was younger, I was uh, part of the Girl Guides and we'd go on various camps every year. And there was a big one that happened um, like every so many years and you'd get to do different activities. So it'd be a massive camp. There'd be loads of different camp, uh, scouts and guys and everything. And then each morning you'd go and pick which activities you wanted to do. And on this particular day, we chose to go potholing. So for those that don't really know what it is, it's kind of like doing caving, but it's in mat, it's like man-made caves. Um, and so you've got all your gear on and stuff and you're getting taken down by these guides and where in the holes, there's like, there's like a cave bit. So everyone could sit round together and then you go down through the tunnels after. So we're all sat down and there is this, uh, the guide telling us horror stories or ghost stories, however you want to word it, about how when they were uh, creating these caves, which they did by basically um, spraying concrete, um, that unfortunately somebody died and uh, they got trapped. And then when they were pulling them out, their knee pad flew off um, and he was like, oh, yeah, so the knee pad was never recovered. But obviously when he was taken out of the cave, he didn't have one of the knee pads on. And he said every now and again when people are potholing just in different parts of the like cave system and the tunnels, uh, the, the, the knee pad would turn up. You're like, not Obviously, the like, we're 12 and 13 year old girls. This is absolutely yeah. terrifying. No, I think it's like if someone told me that when I was in a cave, I'd, I yeah. wouldn't like it. I'd, I, I, the whole yeah. cave in I mean, without quite... any ghosts, that, that, that sounds terrifying to me. I'd hate that. I mean, I absolutely would not do it now. I mean, my bum would not allow me to do it now. But even still, like, that is not something that I would at all find enjoyable now. Um, but obviously when you're younger, you're a lot less fearful, aren't you? You just sort of embrace everything. So we're going around this cave system. You have to go single file. So like there'd be like a guide, then two or three people, then two or three of the children doing it. Then there'd be another guide person taking you around and it would go on like that. So we're going around this system and then I look and there's sort of like um, a wider area. So you could be two people at once. And I looked and I saw the knee pad and I was so terrified. I didn't tell anyone. <laughs> so... I can't even clarify whether there just was a knee pad there and this is just like banter they were having with everyone or whether it was in my mind. Like, I have no idea because I didn't tell anyone because I was too scared to tell anyone. I was just like, can we leave now? So you never told anyone at all? Like, even to this day, kind of? No, thing, anyone no, that was there? no. So 
Never told anyone that I saw the knee pad. <laughs> just you and the haunted the phantom knee pad. So whether it was really there, whether, you know, like for all I know, they were just having a bit of banter. But I was actually <laughs> watching some like caving program the other day and it reminded me of that. So, uh, but it was terrifying, you know, like as a 12, 13 year old, you're down this cave system anyway, which is bloody terrifying was the water down there yeah some of it was there was like puddles and stuff yeah it was obviously man-made so like i guess just where it rained like there'd be puddles and stuff there wasn't like a waterfall or anything like that but um yeah yeah, it was pretty intense when you first started your story i thought you were going to tell us about going potholing and going do the job that the council wouldn't do and got scouts (laughs) and beavers and That's what I was yeah. thinking of. I was like, a lot of kids with Come trout, on, guys, let's go fill in these potholes. Shoveling gravel into holes. Oh, what, what fun. Yeah. I've got my gravel bad. <laughs> I remember we, we, we went there on a school trip when I used to live in, it probably wasn't the same place, but we definitely went potholing as part of uh, one of our school trips. Yeah. I mean, it was fun, fun, but also terrifying. And then also terrified because i was like oh, you, you can imagine the phantom knee pads yeah. gonna get me <laughs> at that age you know you, and you, if you're told a story like that it's you know always on your mind the last thing you want to yeah. see is a haunted knee pad yeah <laughs> yeah i'd imagine that it would attack by like an alien where it sucks to your face yeah. and it's like Bleh. yeah but that, i remember like i remember like looking and then quickly looking away thinking no no it's just in your head and then i looked again and it was still there and i was like oh my god this is terrifying um and then also so as the girls know i work in a pub um so this is a really rural pub in the middle of nowhere it's kind of like a destination pub so obviously we do have locals but it is definitely the type of pub you drive to to go and have delicious food um and there's actually a really weird link so Emma's mother-in-law's parents used to own it this is just by chance it's very very strange um and now my yeah, we didn't, we, you know, we did not know each other in England whatsoever. Yeah. And the fact that, yeah, part of my in-law family owned the pub that Tash That's now works in. And it's now owned by my family. So it's in my wow. family now. So it's very, very strange. Yeah. Um. So... It's a pub that's from like the 1500s, I believe. Um, And so it's, you know, it's very much old English pub, thatch roof, log fire, you know, like think of an old pub. That's what you're going to get. There's always like, you know what it's like, oh, it's haunted, blah, blah, blah. So obviously when I started working, I was like, so is it really haunted? Because I have to close up and that's terrifying to do on your own. Um... And then there was, like, talk of, like, oh, apparently a pen flew off the bar one time or glasses falling off the shelves. So, like, pretty, like, basic haunting stuff, you know, nothing, like, truly terrifying. You could kind of explain some of it away, like, was the glass wet and the bubble slipped or whatever, you know, you can kind of explain those types of things away. Um, And then one day I was on the phone And I was standing in between, you know, like bars normally have a door that shuts off the bar if you want, but most places just leave it open. 
So I was standing in that gap to get behind the bar, like writing in the diary on the phone, and um, which isn't really big enough for two people. So I felt someone come behind me, like grab me like on the hips or like on the waist to like move me aside so they could get past. So I'm just on the phone. So I just step aside, don't really pay much attention, don't look. And then um, I finished the phone call, taking the booking, turn around to look and speak to my manager, who I assumed it was had done that. And there was nobody there. So I went to go like look in the cellar, which isn't like an underground cellar. It's just behind the bar. It's the same level. Uh, Not particularly creepy, just a cellar. She wasn't there. And this is like seconds, like it's not, like I literally was like finishing up the phone call and then I go into the kitchen and she's there. And I just didn't really think much of it. I was just like, oh, that was weird. Like, because I didn't feel like funny or anything. I just literally felt somebody come behind me, move me aside so they could get past. But I really, really didn't think anything more into it. And then, um, so that was pretty freaky. Um, and it's one of those things, you know, when you process it, like I think I was telling the girls about it and they were like, were you not scared? And I was like, no, but now I am. Um, and then previously Emma was, uh, had spoken to her mother-in-law and she had obviously spent a lot of time there as a teenager. And, um, Emma's mum, Emma's mother-in-law was upstairs. Uh, there's like four or five rooms like rooms up there one's used as like the lounge two bedrooms like a tiny little kitchen and a toilet and it's all done down a corridor so the corridor's one side and all the rooms are the other side um so once you've gone up the stairs you can see down into the last room um so uh emma's step um emma's mother-in-law is upstairs and she's gone into the bedroom where her sister's sleeping and she's had it was a brother a brother my baby brother a baby brother and she has had this overwhelming feeling that she needs to duck as if uh someone like is throwing something over her head or something's happening you know we just get that feeling you know it reminds me of the feeling of you know when you're at school and there's a football and you don't really see it, but you see it out of the corner of your eye and you sort of flinch. That's the type of feeling I imagine that she had. And then obviously Emma interjects if you need to. Um, she got the baby out, left the room. And then they started doing a bit of digging and it turns out that somebody had been shot through the from outside through that window in that room. So... Was that like some residual ghost shooting that happened? Uh, I don't know, but I'll be honest, I don't particularly like being upstairs anymore. She actually, um, I don't think she did grab the baby, bless the baby, but she like army crawled out of the room. She ducked under the window and was just like army crawling out of the room. Really? She got like that that much of an intense feeling that she had to sort of go prone. Wow. And the windows are really low, so they're like, you know, when because it's a thatch roof, so that like they're not particularly high buildings, so the upstairs isn't. I mean, the the ceilings are low downstairs and upstairs, so you know it's kind of like maybe like a a house and a half, if you know what I mean, rather than two stories. 
so yeah that's uh that's pretty creepy and like nine times out of ten I'm absolutely fine when I'm there and then I'll be there and it's like dark and cold and I'll remember all these horrible things and I'm like okay I'm going now goodbye did you say you're there tomorrow as well oh I'm there like four days a week yeah but I I will be honest I do try and not close up because I am terrified Closing up pubs is just terrifying anyway. Just horrible, yeah. There's just something But I'll be honest, I'm not scared of, like, punters. Not that we really have punters. We have patrons. <laughs> um, but I'm not scared of, like, a man lurking out there or anything like that. I'm literally scared that the ghosts are going to come and get me. Scared of what you can't see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's what you see out of like the corner of your eye because obviously like you turn off all the lights and you have to walk through the pub and it's dark. It's that, isn't it? It's it's what you sort of see out of the corner of your eye. But I do I do talk to the ghost when I'm there alone. I'm like, just behave, it's just me. Like I'm just going now, like having a little chat to myself. But if anything does uh crop up over the next few months, please uh, do get in touch with us and we'll uh... I will let you know, yeah. Do you have any more stories for us or I mean, I could go on, but I would we'd be here all night. So maybe we'll have to come back for round two. Yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I have just remembered a very brief one. When we started the podcast, I put on my Facebook page to my friends, have you any ghost stories? Because I'd love to hear them to put on the podcast. And one of my friends that I knew from primary school in England said, well, surely you don't need anybody else's ghost stories, Emma, because you've got you know, all the ghost stories from when you used to live near the, the the hall. And I was like, I don't know what you're on about. And she's like, well, you told us, like, I don't know, I must have been seven or eight at this point, that I refused to go to sleep at night, which is completely true. I was a horrible child that would not sleep unless somebody was, like, in front of my bedroom door. Um, but apparently every night a little old woman... And a man that was dressed in uniform would walk through the wall and stand at the end of my bed and watch me sleep. And she remembers it vividly because it absolutely terrified her. And I have zero recollection of this. It's like, it's just erased from my memory, like completely blocked out. I had a terrifying childhood. I was terrified 99% of the time and I can't tell you why. So I found it really interesting that she came up with this story because it kind of gives me a bit of, um, oh, well, that could explain why I was so clingy kind of thing. Another friend pipes up and goes, and do you remember that play date we had and that really creepy thing happened? And I was like, no. And she's like, this is for me, my sole paranormal experience I've, I've ever had was in your house with you on that play date. And apparently the door, somebody had knocked at the door and the dogs were going mad. So the dogs had heard it. And we opened the door and there was a guy in a top hat with a cane and a dog. And he just kind of glared at us and we were terrified. So we slammed the door and went to get my mum. My mum was just like next to us. So she comes down the hall, opens the door. There's nobody there. I have zero recollection of this happening. But as I say, that completely different friend, also traumatised, never forgot it. And it's, it is literally like I've just blocked it from my brain. Like, Yeah, it's, it's, that's what it sounds like. So... You, you're you so terrified that you just don't want to remember these things. So yeah, I don't no blame thanks. You. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was it. I'm done now. 
Well, we've heard some amazing stories tonight and we really, really appreciate you guys coming on. It's been uh, great fun. We've had a chill. We've had a good laugh. And uh, yes, yeah, it's been really awesome. So we'd really recommend anyone listening to this to go and check out Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. Uh, and the laughs will continue there for you. Thank oh, you. Thank, thank you, you so much on. for having us. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been great. Me and Nigel really enjoyed their stories and we hope everyone listening did as well. We're going to call it a night as Nigel's got a long drive, but we'll see you next Wednesday for episode five. Sleep tight. Sleep tight.